Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Alt Kings podcast. I'm your host, Tate, with my partner in crime, Corbin, and today we have Aliens from HBAR and the CEO and founder, Ryan himself. How you doing today, Ryan? What's up, guys? Uh, thank you so much for having me on. It's uh, This is the first podcast I've had the chance to do, so I'm feeling like a rock star right now. <laughs> <laughs> we are very happy to have you, and let it be your first podcast with the yeah, Aliens absolutely. Project. So let's start from the beginning. So where did you really get the idea from for this project and all? Um, so I've been in the NFT space for maybe about 10 months now. Um, and my first project was like a trading card game that I created. Um, so basically at the time, I was trying to create a concept uh, for a trading card game. Um, and I had this idea uh, basically about like this civilization of aliens that had kind of taken over Earth and they lived in the human cities. Um, so that was like the initial concept. Um, the brand has really evolved uh, over the last 10 months. Um, my first Genesis collection was all hand-drawn uh, on my iPad and Procreate. And uh, basically, as I've progressed, it's just my project has kind of progressed with me. Um, I got into um, AI art uh, about six months ago, and um, I've really just truly gotten in the deep end. So um, the idea has just really evolved, and that's what's really cool about this space is uh, – yeah. Um, if you let yourself evolve with the space, it's just constantly changing. So, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a process of 10 months and it's, uh, you know, it, it's just been something I've been building and building and I'm really happy with where it's at today. Yeah. Today you yep. just dropped, what was it? 150 NFTs. Yeah. So it's 150, one of one, uh, aliens that I created, um, in Dolly too. Um, so everything's on hash axis. Um, and it's a pretty unique project. I think, um, it's something I'm really proud of. I basically spent the last four months creating all the artwork. Um, I create it in Dolly 2, and then I digitally paint everything. Um, and it really just brings out the colors, and I just try to bring everything to life uh, through that painting process. Yeah. Um, so what you get is a little bit of an assisted AI process. It's it's created as base and AI, but then um, I, I kind of bring it to life after that. That's amazing. Very so cool. What, very, what, very cool What stuff. gave you the – like how did you find Dolly 2? And like uh, so use that I, to create your art. So um, I originally, uh, like the first program I ever used in AI was called Starry AI. Um, and it's, it's, it's an okay program, um, but I was really intrigued uh, by AI art. Um, I have a background in web design and a little bit of coding. Nice. and um, That's like the first art form I ever did was web design. Um, I had a science teacher who taught me uh, HTML3 when I was in seventh grade. Um, so yeah, it's just been a process of, of kind of growing with that space. Um, Dolly two, uh, announced a wait list maybe five months ago or so. Um, and I was one of the first people on the wait list. Um, so wow. I got my invite maybe like three months or so ago. I was one of the first people to get that, uh, invite, um, to the actual, uh, program rather than just the beta. Um, and it's a really, really powerful tool. So, um, it, it's just, it, it's really taken my art to the next level. And that's, what's really interesting about AI and technology is, um, you know, a, a big piece of it is the technology is progressing so quickly. Um, so yeah. if you give yourself access to the newest tools, um, you know, like even all the new stuff like uh, collab and diffusion, it's like, um, the, the, the quality of AI art has drastically changed over the last six months. Very true. Very, very true. That is, yeah. yeah. Very, very accurate. So when you're, let's talk about like your, your creative process for a second. So when you go to create a piece and let's say, you know, the AI generates like, you know, let's say like three or four pieces, 
Um, how do you determine what you're going to actually save for your collection and what's going to be kind of, you know, put to the side? Um, AI art in general, I think is a, is a very trial and error based process. It's my first three months. Everything I made was just crap. Like in my, in, in my mind. Right. Um, sure. and it's, I mean, in any art form, it's like, um, I play music. So like, it's the same idea as like learning guitar or something, right. It's like, you're not going to be great at it until you put in the time. Um, so basically the way that I, the way that I work is in Dolly too, I do what I call an over iteration process. Um, so I kind of have an idea of, of what I want, right? So, um, the best way I can explain it is, is as an artist, you kind of have an image in your mind of what it's supposed to look like. Um, and then that's based on your, your prompting essentially. And, um, you know, the goal then is to, to kind of match, uh, what you visually like with kind of your concept or your vision. Um, theme is a really important part to me as an artist. Um, so, I think what I really try to focus on in the collection is something that's really unified. Um, so like if you see a piece of art, you're like, Oh, that's aliens on H bar. Right. Um, and I've tried to create something that kind of has a unique feel and vibe to it. Um, so basically what I do is I'll, I'll take uh, Dolly two and I'll create that first base image. And then what I do is essentially what I call the over iteration process. Um, so I'll find a piece that I like, and then I'll iterate that again. So I'll create, you know, I'll, I'll regenerate that based on that and I'll give you four more. Um, then I iterate that again. Right. And it's, so I just kind of go down this rabbit hole of iteration. Um, and when it matches what's in my mind or what I want it to look like, um, you just kind of know, right. It's, uh, something I think a lot about as an artist is, is art is never perfect. Um, so, so I'm a teacher. Um, and it took me a really, really long time, uh, to understand that. And I think it's through my students and their, their creative process, like an eighth grader, like will just create and they don't self judge it as much. Um, so I think that's a big piece of it. It's you want to get something that's close to what you have in your minds. Um, and then from there I, I digitally paint it. So if the base art isn't exactly what I want, then I can do work to, to paint it out. So like an example might be, um, there's an alien, uh, that you actually have Rudolph, the, um, uh, the really like crazy looking, like monster one, um, with like the bright, like I'm trying to, th- I'm trying to think of, uh, the best way to explain it. I'll, I'll link it to you guys or something after it's hard to explain. Um, we'll pop it up. Yeah. But, uh, basically like the, the base image for that, um, the, the base image for that, it, the bottom, like the body wasn't complete. Right. So there were like no legs technically at the bottom. So like sure. I had to basically black out everything that was outside of that, uh, of that center. So, um, when I digitally paint it, I'll use, uh, basically like tools to lower the shadows. Um, and I, I do that to all the art. I, I, I add a lot of shadow and contrast to everything I do. Um, so that's the idea. Like you'll have a base, um, uh, that is close to what you want and then digitally painting it, uh, can really drive the way that your eye looks at the piece. Um, but you can also hide parts that aren't quite right or, Um, you can clone specific parts. So like if they're, let's say like the lips aren't quite right or something, right? Like I can clone part of that face and and literally draw in like the lips so that they look more human. Like, um, or same thing with the eyes. You can like change things and clone things. So, um, AI is never going to be perfect. And I think that's, I think AI is really meant to be altered by a human, right? Um, that's, that's the way that I view it. I don't don't view it as a pure creation tool. I I view it as an assistance tool basically. The humans there to assist the details in a sense. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So with you just dropping on hash access right now, is there any way to tell how many you've sold so far? Yeah. So if you go into the sold tab, um, you can see everything that's sold. Um, gotcha. I, uh, we just as a project just hit over 10 K volume in H bar. Um, it's a wildly successful, uh, two weeks. Awesome. So basically I did, yeah, we're not, it's like you guys, it, none of this is possible without you crazy H bar guys. And just, um, <laughs> I'm like blown away by the whole thing. Like I said, I've, I've had some decent success in this space, but nothing has ever felt like this project feels right now. Um, I basically launched, uh, basically like the idea was like a pre-mint, um, to kind of create some buzz like around the project and just show people the art. Um, kind of with the idea of eventually just releasing it all. Um, the, it, it happened a lot faster than I expected. Um, yeah, so like we just hit uh, over 10K volume and um, the floor is at 500 right now. It'll always stay at 500. And I'm hoping it'll create a nice secondary market for people. And I don't know, man, I'm, I'm just, I'm on the roller coaster ride and it's, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm giving it 100 and, you know, we'll see where it goes. But I have a really good feeling about yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I do too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially yeah. whenever, uh, especially whenever you put time and effort into your artwork, it definitely shows how much you care about the project, and also how much you're invested into it with your own like time and effort. Yeah, um, when I originally got into the space, and it's still my goal, like as an artist, I just want to share my art with the world. Um, yeah. So it's really amazing uh, being in this global market and just this global um, atmosphere that we are in in Web three. Um, because I've had people from all over the world tell me that they like my art. Um, and that's, that's why I do it. And it's the best feeling ever. And, um, you know, if we can all find a little bit success, uh, a little bit of success out of this project and you know, it's icing on the cake. Yeah. Makes sense. So your, your previous project you launched on Polygon, right? Yeah. So my first, um, I basically call it my Genesis collection. It's, um, maybe I'll throw you guys some of those to link up to. Um, but those are all hand-drawn. Um, I'm an old school digital artist when I first started this. So I started doing digital art when I was in seventh or eighth grade. Um, so the first 80 that I made for that collection, I actually did with my mouse, um, using a Krita, Krita painting app. Um, and I used to stream it on Twitch and people would be like totally freaked out that I was using a mouse. Um, I'll dig up, I'll, <laughs> I'll dig up some of those old streams for you guys to check out. Um, cool. Uh, but yeah, um, it was just kind of one of those crazy things that happened. Um, one of the first collectors I had for that, uh, for that Genesis collection, um, was a, a pretty big, what they call a guild leader in the Philippines. Um, so, uh, I was with a game called Pegasi. Um, and essentially what happened is I got this relatively big following from the Philippines. Um, these are like the most amazing and like kind people I've ever met. Um, and it was just a wonderful experience. Um, it just kind of took off a little bit. It didn't go exactly as far as I wanted it to go. Um, but there was actually another project called Board Punks of Society, um, which was a relatively uh, popular polygon project that was in the Philippines. So my original plan was to release on ETH just because uh, OpenSea was the first platform I was on. Um, but a lot of my community really wanted to use Polygon because it's a gas-free minting experience. Um, so that's the road we went down and, um, I learned a lot in that project, um, just about how to be a community manager and how to do even little things like create buzz or do giveaways or, um, be present in your discord server. Um, I've had people tell me like, Oh, I've never seen a creator like so active in their own discord. And I'm like, to me, that's just ridiculous. Right. It's like, yeah, the creator should be the most active person in the discord. Um, yeah. 
Everybody should be like Vasizi trying to get level or uh, Vicente trying to get level seventy in their Discord server. Like, who does that? I intentionally, That's... I intentionally don't do the levels just because of that. It's like I feel bad if people are just grinding a Discord. Like, that doesn't sound like the best use of time. But hey, man, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like yeah. there are ways. Yeah. Um, there are so many ways to make it in this space. And like, I personally know people who have really made it by just like grinding whitelists and. Um, so you can do it in all different ways, but yeah, I mean, I learned a lot in that first project just, um, about what I want to do as a creator and as an artist. Sure. And that sets you up for the future in all ways. Mm -hmm. You just gain experience and with that experience. Yeah. It'll just help boost. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, another question I wanted to ask as well is, from from your experience in just the the pure minting process, like let's put like community and everything else aside for a second, just the pure minting process. How is it different on Polygon compared to on HBar? Um, it's it's similar to be honest. Um, I think the the best way I can explain it is that especially if you're doing Polygon mints, um, it's a gas free minting experience and it, it's free to mint. Um, which is a big reason I think new creators go to Polygon. Um, when I first got into this space, F was like, I'm sorry, ETH, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was absolutely insane. It was like around 4K at the time. Um, so, I mean, I've minted pieces that didn't sell for like 80 bucks in gas, right? And then it just sits there and it doesn't sell. Um, and this happens a lot. Like I, I've bought I've bought NFTs that I spent 80 bucks in gas, you know, um, for maybe a $100 NFT. Um so that was a really a big uh, process of that. That's why I kind of went Polygon in the beginning. Um, so they're actually kind of similar in that HBAR is an extremely low minting uh, fee. Um, so for every mint um, that you create, uh, I, I use HashWallet. Um, I'm sorry, uh, HashPack. Um, and right now I'm using uh, HashAxis. And a big reason for that is because of the on-site minting process that they have there. Um, as a one-of-one artist, and I truly think HBAR is going to blow up. Um, so as more artists like myself that are coming from OpenSea or kind of these more, uh, you know, standard chains, if you will, um, I think a lot of people are going to flock to hash access just because of the ease of the minting process. Um, I think it costs something like $2 and 50 cents to create your collection. Um, and then it's five H bar per mint. So it's 30 cents to mint a piece, um, which is just, which is just outrageous, right? Compared to that 80 bucks I was paying beneath, um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's similar in that um, I, I think it's going to – it's it's a chain that benefits, I think, artists and collectors uh, because uh, it's 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 fast, right? So, same thing, Polygon. Like, you don't have to wait. There's no transaction, really. It's it's a gasless transaction. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, the, the process is really similar. Um, and the minting process for me because I, I – Rudon gave me uh, some flowers yesterday for hand-minting 150 aliens. Um and that's what I did with my first project too. It's like, um, I, I'm like the master copy paster, <laughs> right? So, um, you just kind of get in this flow and yeah, I mean, so honestly the, the process is pretty similar. Um, I find HBAR to be much more effective and, um, the community, uh, here is just blowing my minds consistently, um, just with, with how supportive they are. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. They're crazy, man. I, 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 I love, it's I love a very strong community. Yeah. yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. The H barbarians, that's a, that's a very real thing. Absolutely. My friend. Very, very I real that thing. Super quickly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so what's the what's the future of aliens? So now that you've minted, what's next? Um, so you can go to aliens.art. Um, it's a website that I built, and it's got my roadmap there. Um, essentially, the goal right now is, I mean, and obviously this is the first uh, the first big objective for any artist or any community is to sell out the current project, right? Yeah. Um, once that happens, um, I'm going to drive some kind of airdrop um, to all the holders. Um, I haven't figured out exactly what that looks like yet, um, and I'm going to work with the community to kind of figure out what that's going to look like. Um, and then the process basically after that is I'm, I'm trying to create a big secondary market. Um, something that is really amazing about HBAR is you can cross list on different platforms. Um, so like you really can't do that, uh, in other platforms. Like if you have a super rare account or OpenSea account or a foundation account, like I, you can't just buy something on foundation and list it on OpenSea. Like you'd have to go back through foundation essentially. Um, yeah, so, so the idea there is I'm going to encourage my holders to relist. Um, so uh, through um, Zeus Market and Hashguild, um, because basically what I can do is after um, we get some sizable volume and, and collection volume, um, I can reach out to Zeus Market and they can validate my contract on their market. Um, and same thing, you can, actually list, um, you can actually list my collection right now on Hashguild. Um, so I've had some holders that have done that. Um, so the goal will be to create a secondary market and then uh, from there kind of drive into what I will call the Gen 2 uh, uh, project. Um, I, I think every creator needs to keep pushing, right? So um, the idea is it'll yeah. be a larger, uh, it'll, it'll be a larger collection. Um, everyone that holds one of these Gen 1 aliens will be able to free mint into the next uh, project. Um, and that's the current roadmap. It leads us right up to December. Um, and then we'll kind of reevaluate what Q1 through Q4 looks like next year. Um, the goal being to find partnerships um, with other big HBAR creators. Um, with that said, I'm, I'm very calculated with the way that I do partnerships. Um, and I think it's really important to, in a degree, um, have the following and, and have people that start coming to you, right? Yeah. Um, rather than reaching out to people, you, you want to create that volume and that buzz where people are hitting you up in the DMs and saying like, hey, can we collab? Yeah. And hey, can we do this? So, um I'm very careful with the people that I choose to work with because this is a reputation-based world that we're in right here. Um, so anything that could tarnish your reputation could literally destroy your project or destroy you as a creator. Um, that's why I'm very yeah. open and honest about everything that I do. My creation process, um, my roadmap is, is very, very tangible. Um, you know, like a lot of stuff you see will be like, oh, you know, it's we're going to partner with Coinbase or whatever. And it's like, that's not... Um, I don't think that's a realistic roadmap. So I try to make the roadmap really actionable. And, um, you know, that's the plan. I handle the next four months and then uh, kind of reevaluate where we're at as we launch into that next big project. Yeah, that's, that's very smart that you're very strategic with who you like pick to partner up with. Because like with our podcast in general, we handpick each and like each individual creator that we ha have on the podcast just because we've experienced in the past where we we're potentially about to have a creator on the podcast. And then a month or two later, after just staying in contact, they rugged yeah. their project, but they called it like a, it was just a bunch of miscommunication. I mean, it looked like a rug straight up, but they were able to refund all of their investors and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it was just a really big like turnaround to be able to see that and stuff. And we were happy that we did not have them on the podcast. Yeah. At, at least in the end, they did the right thing, uh, to re to refunds. Yeah, of course. But of even course. in that process, it's, it's, 
that's it's hard for for any collector, right? And you have to think it. You have to remember that creators and collectors kind of have a different mindset, um, and yeah. and unfortunately, it, it's hard to create. Um, and as an artist, it, it's hard to create day after day after day after day. Um, I think some people yeah. just mentally they just burn out. Um, so I, I legitimately like mental health is something that I'm really passionate about in my life. And, um, if you don't take care of your mental health in this space, like you will burn out. Um, so I, I think a lot of people just burn it way too hot. Um, they're not doing the things that they need to do to take care of themselves. Um, and to be honest, I think that's why you see a lot of projects rug in that way where the creator just drops off the face of the earth. Um, and gives up. Yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, you can't have any quitting you in this space. It's, this is a grinder space, man. It's just like yeah. starting an actual business if you think about it. Yeah. Um, my dad actually just became a real estate agent and it's like, he's really struggling yeah. with that uh, right now. Um, you know, uh, because it can be so saturated, but if you have the uniqueness and just the skills that are needed for the business, I, I mean, I'm not going to call like NFT projects like businesses, but in a way they are because you're selling a goods and in so some sort of way, such as the NFT, and then the person who buys it receives it as some sort of value. I, I, absol- I, I absolutely mean, look at it yeah. as a business, um, and I and I yeah, run it like yeah. a business, and I do PR like a business. I market it like a business. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, my dad. There's some people out there who don't like calling it business uh, though, because then then it gets all in their head. And yeah, stuff, uh, and my dad was just overthinking the whole process. Yeah, my dad was an entrepreneur. Yeah. My godfather's an entrepreneur, so I, I kind of grew up around that. Um, and sure. like, I do everything for my project. Like I do the web design, I do yeah. all the images, like I created the roadmap, um, my backgrounds in graphic design and web design. And, um, so it, for me, I feel like this space is truly like a culmination of all my skills that I've gained over the last 20 years, I guess. Um, I'm 34. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think if you're going to be successful, you better run it like a business. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. That's the uh, professionalism to it as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you also want to be real. It's like you don't have to be like the shirt and tie kind of guy. But um, exactly, it's, uh, that's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's that's where people get confused. Yeah, you got to be real, but um, you got to run it like a passion based business. Um, and and if you're not doing that, then I don't think you're going to have long term success. And that's I'm just being honest with you. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Having a having a recognizable brand that sort of appeals to a lot of people, or it's just like straight up funny, like the liquid death people. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. I'm, I'm sure they have. A, they had a riot making all of those ads. Uh, man. That's amazing marketing, <laughs> right? Like when I first saw that can, I was yeah. like, "Liquid death? Like that sounds awesome." <laughs> um, and that's branding is a big piece. Like um, I create, I created my nope. logo uh, for this, maybe like at the beginning of my project. So maybe nine months ago. Um, and then actually, as I, as I changed into creating mostly AI art, I actually put my logo through AI. So like my logo and my branding has kind of grown with me. Um, that's why you get this really like crazy shadow, like circle. Um, yeah. but, uh, branding yeah. is, is a big piece. Like I haven't changed my PFP in six months. You'll never see it change. Um, it's, it, it's just like anything else. Like you need that brand, uh, rec- like recognition essentially. So, same thing. Yeah. Like if I go into Twitter space or something like that little purple circle is going to stick in your head, whether you like it or not, if you see it enough times. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah. And I mean, that's also how we're kind of going with, you know, the alt kings. We just want people to realize and be like, you know, 
who are these crazy guys? I, I think <laughs> your branding, your branding is awesome, man. I need a hat. I'm going to hit you guys yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to start merch very <laughs> yeah. soon. Very soon. We're, we're trying to get some bucket oh, hat action go. going yeah, too. Yeah. Rocket to yeah. the festivals. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <Yeah>. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. what, what gave you the inspiration for Aliens specifically? Um, so again, it's uh, – it, this is going to sound funny, but um, there's actually two pieces to this. Um, one, a, an alien is like a perfect representation of a Web3 person, right? It's like we think outside the box. Yeah. Like we're all yeah. kind of weirdos. Yeah. Um, it's like it's, yeah, no, it's for me. Like that was my like, first yeah. concept was like it's like these people are like alien people, right? Um, we're out of this world. Yeah, people. And, uh, it sounds funny. But again, this is all calculated stuff. Um, I actually read uh, Jay-Z's book um, years ago. Um, and he talks a lot about how if you're going to enter a space, um, if you can do something that's a little bit cliche um, in a way that is unique um, or different, um, that's what he talks literally about, like what he raps about, right? And he'll be like, everyone's rapping about clothes and money and cars. And he's like, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it better than literally anyone. Um, so that's kind of my thought process as I went into this too. It's like, I saw tons of aliens and I was like, I know I can make some really cool aliens that are going to look different from what everyone else is doing. Um, so yeah, again, it was a pretty calculated uh, process, but uh, now I just like, I'm just obsessed with the aliens now, whether I like it or not. It's like, I see these creations like in my dreams, like I'm not kidding. Cause I've been making these for like six months. Um, like I'll legit like wake up and be half asleep. And like my wife will like yell at me because I'll be like, in like a Twitter space mode. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, the art. <laughs> and she'll be like, yo, like, like snap out of it. Um, so yeah, like for real, it's, it's really become like an obsession for me I guess, to a degree. Like this just yeah. whole project is, yeah. it's, it's the most fun I've ever had. Uh, and it's, it's also the most rewarding art process that I've ever done. So is this, is this your full time? Uh, no, I'm a high school teacher. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I go back yeah. to, that's actually, that's actually really nice. Because you'll get the summers off and stuff to be able to work in, on your dream and stuff. If you no, think that's, about that's it. actually a big way that I do things is um, I kind of plan around my big breaks. So like Thanksgiving break, I'll do yeah. something big. Like Christmas break, I'll do something big. Um, the last three months that's I've awesome. been like truly in the deep end. Like I kind of went into like full degen mode this summer. Like it was not the healthiest summer that I've ever had. Um, <laughs> but I was like truly in the deep end. I feel, I feel like Alice going down the rabbit hole uh, this summer. Um, hmm. And... Yeah. Sometimes like as the creative process, like that's kind of how I am. Like I, I like to create in these huge bursts. Um, but yeah, I, I truly love being a teacher. This is my sixth year teaching. Um, I was a corporate artist for five years before I went into teaching. Um, basically just doing design, creating e-learning uh, posters, like all that graphic design type stuff. Um, teaching is, awesome. is the most rewarding thing that I've ever done. It's, um, I love working with young people. I love inspiring young people. Um, I had a sixth grader. I, I taught uh, middle school last year. I had a sixth grader create his first NFT. Um, he stalked me on Twitter. He got in my discord somehow. I had to like block him and like have like a little chat with him. Um, and my, my big thing is like, I'm, I try to, if there's one thing I can teach people, it's how to be creative and how to think outside the box. Um, I do something called art to start every day in all my classes. It's uh, 10 minutes of just straight free open exploratory time. You can do any art form you want. Um, I've had people, uh, paint. I've had people write novels. I've had a kid produce an entire rap album. Um, I had this girl that started making these little clay frogs every day. Like, and they were amazing. They were like 
kids, if you give people the chance um, to express themselves, like, and literally they know they're going to do that every day. So like for a week, they'll just be kind of staring at you like you're a crazy person. Um, and then eventually they'll just start doing stuff. Um, and it's just like my creative process in this. It's, you see, you see kids from the beginning to the end of the year um, just progress and, and their ideas progress and their art changes and grows. And um, as an artist and teacher myself, it's the best feeling ever. I, I actually teach English. Um, so I'm, I'm not an art teacher. Um, I was an English major in college. Um, well, English is a yeah, form yeah, of art. Absolutely. It's, um, it's ELA. So English language arts, um, that arts part yeah. is super important to me. A lot of English teachers yeah. I know are just like, we're going to learn vocab and grammar today. And like, that's not the way yeah, yeah. that I think class, yeah, I don't think I those are effective to begin with because like you're immediately just going glazed. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I teach it like an arts class. It's a great idea. Yeah, truly. More teachers should take inspiration from you, Ryan. Uh, teaching is like the hardest job ever. I get why people get yeah. burnt out. It's really, really hard. It's really, really hard. Um, and if you don't have really good relationships with your students, um, they'll eat you up. Like I, I've seen people, I've seen people leave crying and never saw them again. Or, or they'll find your Discord <laughs> like, Oh yeah, man! I what do you do with like, that kid? Like, how do you come across uh, this? I don't know, man. Um, I don't know. It's I truly don't know. Like they're amazing. This kid's like a little stalker. Um, like he like he showed me my address one day. Um, it's like these kids are wildly technically yeah, capable. It's, it's only starting um, to get but, like, worse. I literally had to like, I literally had to pull him outside the classroom and be like, like, dude, if you don't stop this, like, I'm calling your parents. I'm like, <laughs> like. You know, I'm, I'm writing it up, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I had a good relationship with him. Um, he was a good yeah. kid. He might have a future like, at the he, FBI. You never know. Yeah, they don't know They don't yeah. know where the boundaries are at. You know, they're still learning and like they're they're constantly pushing the boundary. Um, and it's not it, – it's very common for them to step over yeah. the line like regularly, especially the younger the students. You should have been like, kid, I'll let it all slide if you just buy an NFT or two. um it's it's cool man it's i i talked to a lot of kids about crypto and nfts and stocks and it's great that you're educating them at such young of an age because like i truly wish i knew about this stuff whenever i was that age same corbin would probably be a billionaire right now if he knew about it (laughs) (laughs) no for real man it's some of these some of these kids are like and you see it man there's um there's kid artists that are just making huge huge volume um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's possible. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've met a couple of kids that are, I, I, I shouldn't say a couple. I have a lot of students, especially at the high school level that are superior artists to yeah. me. Um, talent is everywhere. Right. And, and the people who create art need to, the, the, the problem that I, I see with a lot of artists is almost the better an artist is, the more self-critical they are of their own art. Um, and a lot of people are some of the most amazing artists you'll ever meet in your life will never share anything with anyone. Yeah. It's, you know, um, because it's, it's such a, uh, it kind of, it's just a really vulnerable process. Um, because it's something that you care about so much, um, and you kind of put it out into the world and then, you know, people are going to rip it or I've had, I, I've had people tell me my art sucks. I've had people DM me and say like, like, this is trash. Like it's, it's, you know, and you can't let that stuff bother you because like, if you like your own art, then at the end of the day, that's it. Like, that's it. 
Um, and if you can say that, then it doesn't matter what other people think about it. Um, and if you like what you're creating, then then, then you're a true yeah. creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that also apply to a lot of singers as well. Um, like I've, I've seen that. Uh, I've seen a lot of interviews with um, Chris Cornell of, you know, Soundgarden and Audio Slave and stuff. And, and that poor guy is like, he's one of the best singers I've ever heard in my entire life. Amazing songwriter, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. He was just always sad, man. I felt, I felt bad for him. I, I think he maybe had a chemical imbalance or something because it was so bad. But, you know, yeah. he, he, he never bragged about his art or anything. And he, he kind of hated yeah. talking about it. it, was, um, it was I, was, I, I was, I'm super into Soundgarden and Audio Slave. Um, so like I, I play guitar and I sing, I was actually in an acapella group in college. Cool. Um, so like, um, m- music was my first thing. I was in a reggae band. I played trombone. Um, we, uh, we won our, our colleges battle, the bands like three years in a row. Like, um, <laughs> uh, we opened, we opened for Valencia, uh, one time, which was super cool. Um, that was probably the biggest show that I ever played. Um, but yeah, I mean, that stuff really bothered me. Like mental health, again, is something I'm really passionate about because um, I've struggled with it myself over the years. Sure. Um, I, I think it's something that a lot of people deal with, but I think especially a lot of artist types uh, deal with. Um, and uh, both him and Chester Bennington um, really, really affected me. Yeah, uh, same. And it really, like, I, I literally couldn't listen to any of their music for like two years because it would like literally um, create like, uh, a rift like in my inside, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I've, I, same thing, Lincoln Park's one of my favorite bands, um, from when I was growing up. So, um, I just now got to the point where I can throw in that old Meteora, uh, album and like actually so enjoy it again. And, so good. Um, that's, dude, that's one of the best albums ever. Like, yeah. People sleep on them. Um, they're just amazing artists. Chester Bennington is, is in my opinion, one of the greatest singers ever too. So, um, yeah, it's it's mental health is super important, and especially for artists, um, you you have to take care of yourself, yeah. and you you can be the most successful person in the world, just like these people, and and still hurt, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's well, cool. so sad. It's very sad, but yeah, it's reality, unfortunately. Because I mean, like, there's there's always some sort of way of finding help. Whether well, not might not be yeah. the way that you want the help, there's help out there, but in yeah, absolutely. A lot of people can be stubborn. Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and the money, when you get to like some sort of success level where it's just like you're ultimately rich, you'll never have to worry about money ever again. That money starts to get to your head because then you're just like, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I can't really explain it, but it's just I can tell. Yeah, I can't relate yeah, either. Yeah. <laughs> soon, someday soon. A teacher, a yeah, teacher soon, soon enough. So. Yeah. <laughs> Hey man, that's, that's the dream, man. It's, uh, you know, it's, um, I would love to be a full-time artist that that would be, uh, that would be a dream come true. It's not yep. that you, it's not that you'd love to be, you will soon be a full-time artist. Um, it's still, the whole thing is still very surreal to yeah. me and, uh, I won't believe that until I'm there okay, um, that makes and sense, yeah. I will, and I'll, and I'll keep grinding until I get there. You know? Yeah, true. Yeah. I believe in manifestation. So the more I talk it into reality, the more I believe it will come true. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Well, Ryan, it's it's truly been a pleasure, and we look forward to everything that is the future of Aliens on HBAR. Thank you so much, yeah. guys. I seriously can't thank you enough. Um, Rudolph, like, uh, when I met you guys um, in the Twitter space a couple – it was like literally three weeks ago. It's NFT been the wildest three weeks. Nights. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it's been the wildest three weeks of my life. And Rudolph was the guy that said, 
hey, maybe you should think about HBAR. Um, and it just kind of started this trickle effect. Patches hopped in there. And he helped me mint my first NFT um, in the in the Twitter space live. Um, it's amazing. Rudon is now a, uh, a six times alien holder. Um, and I just, I just can't, I just can't thank you guys enough for, uh, just allowing me to come share my story. Of course. Um, and, uh, I, I, if there's anything I can do to support you guys in the future, like, uh, like again, like I said, I'm very calculated with my partnerships and I love what you guys are doing and just, I love you guys as people. We appreciate it. Um, so just seriously, seriously, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and let me know. I can help you guys out too. Thank you so much. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Alt Kings podcast and we will see you all next episode. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan.